It's the Urban Parlay with your host, Sandra DuBose. Vibe with the tribe that'll take your stress away. Right here on the Urban Parlay. Bonjour and welcome to the Urban Parlay podcast with your host, Sandra DeBose. Today is just going to be me and you because I've got something on my mind. What do you have on your mind, Sandra? Well, the topic for today is divorce. Contemplating divorce. Wow. So let me first start by telling you a little bit about my story and why I was so drawn to have this conversation with you today. My story is that I am a divorced woman. I have been officially legally divorced for the past four years. And at the time of the divorce, we had been married for 21. It's a long time to invest in one person. So I've had plenty of time now to heal my heart, to sit back and really reflect and ask myself the hard questions. What went wrong? What went right? What would I do differently? But most importantly, What have I learned that I can bring into my new relationships? But I got married very young. I was actually 21 when we got married, which as a 47-year-old woman now, we think about 21 and you'd be like, chow, I thought I was so grown, but in reality, I didn't know nothing. (laughs) I really thought I knew something, but you learned so much more how much you did not know during that time. But what I can say that I've learned and in retrospect is that I got married, loved my husband very much. We didn't have any children. We didn't start having children until a couple of years after. So it wasn't one of those, you know, he's trying to make an honest woman out of me kind of deal. Not in terms of that. But at the time, I was really pressed to make it right. I say that because we decided to live together from the time that I was 19 years old. So coming from a very religious background, my family was not, they did not approve of Sandra shacking up with some man. And they definitely um, made it known that they, I, you know, you have not been raised that way, Sandra. So therefore, there was a lot of pressure for me to make things right, to make it right before God, all of these things. So I really, the impetus for me was about making other people happy and seeking their validation of the elders and the people in my life and what I felt was God's intention, make it right before God. But it wasn't, I didn't have the mindset or the the level of maturity to say, is this really the best suited person for me? Yes, I feel this way about this person, but looking at the um, ingredients, if you will, that we know today, would be the healthy ingredients that you need that are required to create a healthy marriage. Is this person the best fit for you? And at that time, I didn't know myself well enough to know what I needed. And so with all that being said, we did the best we could. We loved each other for our season that we were together. And, but unfortunately we grew apart. Fortunately, though, there was no, it wasn't some toxic, dramatic, um, abusive. It was nothing like that. Um, It was just two young people 
that were growing up together and doing the best that they could, but we had two different sets of values, um, two different visions. It was so many different things that I can point out today and just say, girl, if I was looking at it on a piece of paper, I'd be like, nope, 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 girl, don't do it. But what did I know? Then you're dumb, you're young, (laughs) you're in love, and you think you're just trying to do the right thing. And at the end of the day, I'm very glad that I had the experience and so very happy that out of that marriage, we were blessed to have two amazing daughters. So there's no love loss here. You know, I still won because I had the experience, I had the opportunity to grow, and I have two beautiful children as a result of it. But divorce hurts. And divorce and the reality of spending so many years invested in this person, committed to the vision of a forever, potentially, to find that you come to the end of the road and having to make that very, very difficult decision to break up your family. It is not something for the faint in heart. And honestly, it's not something that I would recommend unless you absolutely have to do it. And I'm going to do a whole nother episode just on unpacking divorce. And I'm going to have some guests that are divorced and honey, we're going to keep it absolutely real and tell you the truth about the residual impact of when you get a divorce, because it's not something that just impacts you. I mean, if you have children, especially the impact that it has on your kids, no matter what age they are, Um, your financial stability, your mental and emotional health, your family structure. I mean, it's so many things that are impacted by that decision. And some people, after going through that kind of traumatic experience, they're never the same. I'll never be the same because now it's opened me up. I've had to go to some really dark places. I've really had to sit in some pain that has really shaped me to be the woman that I am today. It's made me stronger. It made me wiser. Um, But it's also given me some deep scars that will, I guess, always be there to some extent. And it just takes time to heal them. So one of the things that I keep hearing in conversation among my peers is this conversation for those that are in relationships about, oh my God, you know, I'm thinking about getting a divorce or what have you. What I know for sure is that this here pandemic where people had to like be locked up in the house with one another, with their significant other has proven to be either a very positive thing for some relationships and on the contrary, for some relationships, it turned out to be a eye-opening experience of you learning that you either do or do not like the person that you're married to. You know, when pre-COVID, we had so many wonderful distractions, right? We're going to work, we're traveling, we've got the kids, we're out of the house. You know, you only maybe see your partner just a few hours of the day. But fast forward the pandemic when you are locked in the house, (laughs) with your significant other and getting on each other's last nerve or either getting on top of one another, making wonderful love and reconnecting and refueling. And I mean, it just, everybody's situation looked different, but it really taught people a lot. 
And unfortunately, there were a lot of relationships that did not make it out of the pandemic and are some of them that are still kind of hanging on by a thread trying to figure out what do we do with this new reality. So I want to talk a little bit about that today because, you know, people are always talking about divorce this and divorce that, but do you really know what it is that you're talking about? Once you've gone through a divorce and you've been through that, really, it's not something that you want to see other people go through unnecessarily. So I'm hoping that some of the things that I give you to think about in our short time together today will be a sobering reality that will help you kind of reflect on what's most important that will guide you to helping you make the best decision for you. Now, one of the things that I'm really adamant about, I know that the marriage vows state that it's till death do you part, for better or for worse, in sickness and in health, all of these different things. And I get it. And yes, and amen. However, there is some fine print, or there should be some fine print under there, that also says, if in fact you are abusive to me and you kicking my behind, if this is a toxic environment, if you are being with you chips away at my self-esteem because you are a poisonous person for me, then all bets are off, right? There, there has to be a, uh, we draw a line in the sand and so many times we see women or men that are in really toxic and unhealthy relationships and they're just holding on to the fact like, but they're my spouse. But let me tell you something. One thing about marriage is that you always still have to love yourself first. Don't get lost in your role that you lose sight of who you are and your value. You're going to be a person first. You were born by yourself. You're going to die by yourself. Even in the context of a marriage, you have to take the best care of yourself. And you don't allow yourself to be mistreated and abused and used. That was never God's intention. So when we add in those type of elements, it's time for you to really take a serious look at whether or not this marriage is healthy and a viable option for your health long term. At the end of the day, yes, the two shall become one. However, you are still responsible for your health and for your sanity. So make that a priority at all costs. All right, so let's get into it. We're talking about contemplating divorce. Well, let's start from the beginning. The question is, why are you contemplating divorce? And there could be a myriad of reasons. So there are some deal breakers that could be glaring red flags, big ticket items that cannot be ignored and must be addressed. So let's put them out on the table. Is there infidelity? Is that what we're talking about? Has there been an affair on your part, on your spouse's part? Do you trust your partner? Has there been some things that have happened that you still just can't get past? You can't forgive them. Um, Is it something that's happening in the bedroom, right? That's another big ticket item. Maybe you are not sexually compatible. Maybe this person wants too much or maybe they're not given enough. Who knows, right? Maybe they want to do some things in the bedroom or add some people into the bedroom and you're not into it. Maybe that's the topic. Another big topic in marriage is always about money. Okay, so you're tired of being broke. Are they spending too much money? Um, Are they not pulling their weight? They're not working. Um, They got some measly job and they want to spend all your money. I mean, 
What are we talking about, right? So put it out on the table. Why is there a contemplation for divorce? And then take it a little bit further. Because if we're not talking about, those are the glaring, obvious things, right? So if there's no big ticket items. So you say, no, Sandra, we're good in the bedroom. We're good, you know. We could always spice things up a little bit or whatever. But but for the most part, that's fine. That's not a big problem. Or there was no infidelity or there was no uh, money issues. You know, all of those big ticket items. We All right, it's not that. We take that off the table. Maybe the issue is something that's going on inside of you. It's so trivial, right? Relationships are so intricate and it's not a one size fits all. Everybody just kind of finds their own, creates their own dynamic within their relationship and it looks different with different people. So it really doesn't matter what the major issues are. Here are the main questions that I really want you to consider before you go and make such a huge decision that will inevitably impact the rest of your life. So what's happening inside of you? Are you bored? You know, of course, once you've been in a relationship with someone for an extended amount of time, there are those highs and lows. It's the ebb and flow of a relationship with someone. Some seasons, you can't keep your hands off of each other. Other seasons, you don't want to put your hands on one another. unless to strangle them, right? I mean, that's just part of the reality of what long-term relationships look like. Some years are the best years and others are kind of, you know, you're just kind of coasting along, handling your business, taking care of the kids and doing business as usual, right? So maybe you're bored. Maybe it's just, this is like, I don't know. You know, this is not exciting. I'm not... You know, all the butterflies are gone or what have you. Is that what's happening inside of you? And is that about the relationship itself or is it about you? You know, one of the misconceptions that people make inside of relationships is like that person is responsible for your happiness. You're looking for that person to make you happy. And the truth is that your happiness is your responsibility. Yes, it's an enjoyment of being with the person that you love. But when we're talking about this satisfied space of contentment as a human being, as an individual, this space of peace and happiness, that is something that you have to cultivate inside of yourself. So maybe you yourself are bored. Maybe there are some changes that you need to make in your own life. One of the hugest challenges of any relationship is us growing together at the same pace. You know, we can get married and we can say on that day, today we are on the same page, we're in the same place, but 10 years from now, no one can guarantee because we're always evolving, right, as individuals. We're always growing. We're each becoming who we were predestined to be, especially if we are being intentional about growing and becoming that person. Some of us just regress year to year to year. It's like, are you getting better or are you just regressing and just becoming more stagnant in ways that do not serve your highest good? Some people are, some people aren't. So can we grow together? How do we stay connected through this journey of life so that we don't lose touch with one another, that you still are my best friend? 
that I still desire to come home and tell you about my day and cuddle up with you in the middle of the night. And you're the first person that I want to give the hot tea to and say, child, let me tell you what happened. You're the one I want to vacation with and do all the fun stuff, make new memories and travel or whatever that looks like for you and your significant other. Does that still exist? Or maybe the issue is really you. Maybe you're stuck. Maybe the relationship's not stuck. Perhaps you're stuck. And maybe you're just projecting your stuckness on someone else because you want them to make you feel excited and revved up and full. And that's not something that they can do. Maybe the answer is you. Maybe there's some shift that you need to do to bring yourself into a better place. So you have to get clear about that. Is this your stuff? Or is it really a representation of the relationship itself? Make sure you're not projecting onto that other person. The other thing is you want to start to make a list of pros and cons. So whenever I get really confused about a decision and I'm just like, should I do this? Should I not do this? I don't know. I'm so confused. I'm back and forth. I'm back and forth. It drives me crazy. So if you've ever seen the movie, Why Did I Get Married by Tyler Perry, you know, the one starring Jill Scott and Lamont Rucker and all Janet Jackson, right? So when Janet Jackson was the therapist, what did she tell them to do? She said, make this list of your partner. You have the good and you have the bad. And sometimes we just have to take it out of our mind, put it down on paper so we can really look at it. When you start making this list and you start listing these pros, what are the pros of me staying married? Well, you know, I get to keep my house, uh, this, you know, standard of living. I'm, you know, all of these different reasons why you feel like it would be a pro to stay in that relationship. And then start to list the cons. What are the negatives? And really look at what are the things that are going on inside of you and weigh it out. Sometimes you just got to do the math. Sometimes you just have to look at what's on paper and really be able to take a sensible, realistic approach and get your emotions together because the facts will show you that the good outweighs the bad or vice versa. And that's what you really need to know. Does the good still outweigh the bad? No matter how long you've been together with this person, when you think about where you were in your life when you said, I do, in the beginning, and you think about where you are today in your stage of life, would the person that you are today still choose that person? Is the answer still yes? If you didn't have the responsibilities of economics or the children and all of the variables that might keep you staying where you don't want to be. If those things did not exist and you stood in that altar again today, would the woman or the man that you are right now today, would they be compatible? Would they make sense? Would they be a good fit for the person staring back at you? Would your answer still be yes? And if it wouldn't be, then why? What's different about you or what's different about them that doesn't make these two people good for each other anymore? Bring it down to the sobering reality. Are you still my person? Am I still your person? Are you still the best person for me? Or should I be making a better choice? Those are the bottom line questions that you have to ask. 
Another thing you want to ask yourself is, have I done everything that I can to fix this situation? I mean, we always hear about the quote, the grass always looks greener on the other side, right? But the reality that we've learned is that the grass is indeed greener wherever you water it. So have you watered your grass? I mean, like for real, not sat around and complained. Have you watered your grass? What does that look like? What have you done differently? So whatever the problem might be, what steps have you taken? Write it down. What have I done differently to try to reset Get us back to where we used to be or try to get that energy flowing to try to reconnect. Have you done counseling, marriage counseling? Are you open to marriage counseling? A lot of times, especially when it comes to men, you're not open to marriage counseling. And you have this barrier like, I don't want to tell nobody about my problems. I don't, I don't need them to know my business. Listen, here's the truth that I know. Half the times when a relationship does not work, it's because one person is not willing to open it up and to explore the possibility that maybe part of the problem could be them. The roadblock could be you. Maybe you're the one who has some unresolved issues. You've got some personality things going on that are hindering us from being able to grow and to get to the next level in this relationship. Are you willing to work on your stuff? Are you willing to sit in that chair and tell the story about the parts of you that need to be healed so that you can show up better for the one that you love? Or are you stuck in a rut, refusing to take care of your own emotional and mental health and think that the other person is just supposed to sit there and thug it out with you while you stay stuck and afraid to deal with you? That's not possible. You have to be willing to do the work on you. Each person is responsible for their own mental and emotional health and growth, no matter what the situation is. And so have you done that work? So because if you have not done that work, please believe the next relationship that you get into, you will have the same problem because wherever you go, there you are. You can't run from yourself. You're going to still show up. So at some point, you are going to have to do this work or stay in a relationship where you're unhappy or someone will just put up with you in the space that you're in. And that's when it becomes bitter. And that's when people become angry and disconnected. And it's the demise of any relationship because you're only going to be able to progress to a certain point if the common denominator is your ass. I said it. That's exactly right. I said it because I love you and you need to hear it just like that. The common denominator is your ass. Now tell the truth. Is it you? Are there some areas that you just want to gloss over, but the reality of it is you know that you know that you know you need to work that thing out. That that person is trying to love you, but they can't love you because you're having a problem loving on yourself. Come on now. There's so many relationships that really, really could be fixed. They could be healed if both parties were willing to take full responsibility for their own emotional and mental health and willing to do the work on themselves instead of projecting on the person the issues that really don't have nothing to do with them. Come on now. 
That's the work, right? That's when we talk about marriage and the work of marriage. So I'm asking you that question. Have you done your work? You done the work on you? And then were you willing to come out of your comfort zone and maybe do some things different in your marriage? So there's individual counseling to check yourself. Then there's marital counseling to get some outside objective insight from someone else about the health of your marriage. What are the issues on the table? Maybe you and your partner have a difficult time communicating because the emotions are so raw. Maybe you don't know how to fight fair. Maybe you don't have the tools to know how to really have an honest conversation without attacking one another. Maybe you don't even know how to listen. You're just waiting for your opportunity to say something, but you didn't hear what your partner was trying to say. Maybe you're bumping heads and it's stagnant because you guys don't have the tools. And maybe it could be fixed if you just got some help and had someone that could teach you how to communicate. Is there a willingness there? Are you pliable? Are you still teachable? In a marriage, you're going to have to remain humble and teachable because relationships are built to help each other grow and become the best versions of ourselves. We do that by creating the circumstances that allow us to grow in the areas where we're weak. And that's not comfortable. So if I'm a person that needs to grow patience, you're going to be the person that tests my nerves because I'm learning patience. It's all by God's design. If we're paying attention to the bigger agenda at work here, we should be helping each other become the best versions of ourselves. Where you're weak, I am strong and vice versa. And we balance each other out. So, but this is the intricate work and the difficult work of marriage where it becomes uncomfortable because we know the reality of a long-term relationship doesn't always look like we just laid up on the couch all cuddled up like we did when we first got started. Hunty, folk got to go to work. We got kids to feed, bills to pay, etc., etc., etc. But how do we get back to that loving feeling? We've lost that loving feeling. How are we going to get it back? So the question is, what have you done? Have you tried something new? If the issue is in the bedroom, what have you done differently? Are you willing to introduce some new things? Maybe get some lingerie? And is it possible that maybe you just need a vacation to reset things? And a vacation doesn't have to be to some Caribbean island. Listen, you could literally go down the block to a hotel and just create a new environment Bring some toys, bring some tapes, bring a video camera. I mean, I don't know. It ain't my business. Do it your way, but just shake things up a little bit. Could it be that it's just that simple to show a different side of yourself, to explore a different side of yourself or be willing to learn something new? Sometimes those kind of things can really open up and blossom and create a whole new energy something that you've needed or been looking for. So make sure that you have checked off the boxes before you make any decisions to tap out of it. Make sure you've done all that you can do to make things better. Are you doing things that are romantic? Are you going out on dates? Have you stopped dating? Maybe you just need to go out on a date, go to a comedy club, go to a concert, do something before you call it quits. Because the truth is, These days especially, 
it is extremely difficult for people to really connect and build healthy, committed relationships. So don't get it twisted by thinking that people out here that are single are just having the time of their daggone lives. Some people might be, but for the most part, not so much. (laughs) Not so much. And when I say not so much, I'm talking those people that are in their 40s and over. Ain't nobody got time to be running to no clubs and doing all this kind of stuff. Listen, I'm good and grown. At this point, people kind of want to slow it down a little bit, have some good conversation and make some real memories and connect with people that are vibrating on the same level as them and to be respected and to be treated the way grown folks should be treating one another. Like we came from the era that taught us how to do such a thing. We're not young millennials. We grown folk and we know better. So we should be doing better. But unfortunately, it seems like we're taking a page out of the young people's book out here playing games, playing foolish games, wasting valuable time and hurting one another, causing further damage to ourselves and to other people. You don't want to be a part of that. If you have a partner and you have loved each other for several years and you still love and respect one another and your environment is non-toxic and there is potential, it is definitely worth trying to save. Here's the other thing that I want you to think about. A lot of times in relationships, we're trying to create this vision of a relationship that in reality, we've never seen it done. So think about what were the examples of healthy, loving relationships that you've had in your life. Did you come from a home where you saw mommy and daddy loving one another? Did your spouse come from that kind of environment? Did they see those examples as well? Potentially both of you may have been children out of divorce or single parent homes where you've not even seen healthy examples of what it looks like to be a wife or to be a husband. And you're doing the best you can based on the images that you saw on television or your perception of the way you think things should be. Have you guys aligned your visions really? And maybe it needs to be realigned these days to really come back to the table to make sure that we're both on the same page about what we're trying to create and realizing that Maybe the pathologies within your family, if there were a lot of failed relationships and all of that, don't let that generational curse be your first default and go-to to say, I'm getting a divorce because you've seen it done so many times. You can break the chain. You can be the couple that breaks the cycle to say, not us. We are going to work on creating a healthy committed relationship that will last and stand the test of time. It's possible, but sometimes you got to look and see the spirit of defeat that might be around you because it's what you saw. So ask yourself that question. I'll share this with you just to be very honest with you. The one thing I really do wish that I had in my marriage is I wish we had mentors. I see there's so many churches and if you're not a Christian You know, there are different groups and stuff like that where you can get with other married couples that are doing marriage successfully because you need a guide. You need that mentorship. You need that community of people that you can talk to about the very unique challenges that go along with being a husband or a wife. 
And when you don't have that type of support of your elders or people that have more wisdom than you, then a lot of times you are just stuck and you're talking to the wrong people. You're talking to your friends who are bitter. You're talking to family that have been hurt and just like, forget him, forget her. They don't understand so much the value that it has and why it's worth fighting for. Maybe they're the first ones to be like, child, please, if I was you, I would just leave. And you don't need that. What you need is a support system. You need cheerleaders. You need people that have done it and are doing it successfully that you can go to and say, I'm at a roadblock. What do I need to do differently? And they could coach you through it. They could love you through it. And other couples that you could vacation with, you need community in order to pull this thing off. And most importantly, you need God in the center of all things to teach you how to love one another. God is the author of love. God is love. And so if you want to have a loving relationship, you need to invite God to be in the center of that marriage. No matter what name you call him or her, invite God into the center and humble yourself to say, teach me, Holy Spirit, how to love my spouse and be open to learn. Be open to learn. And if you can do that, you can overcome and you could shift out of that space of frustration and you can turn things around to find that place of passion and joy and connection that is lying dormant underneath a bunch of frustration, lack of communication, anger, unforgiveness, so many different things that creates a roadblock from us being able to reach one another. So before you make any long-term decisions, really, do yourself a favor, do your children a favor, do your family a favor, and count the cost and really ask yourself, have I done everything that I can? And here's the truth about it. If you've dotted your I's and you've crossed all your T's and you can say for certainty, I've cried, I've prayed, I've sought counsel, I spoke to the Lord, I've tried to do some things differently, I've turned this Rubik's Cube every which way to try to get these colors to match up on the same side and they just won't this season is over, then I pray that God gives you peace in your spirit and in your heart about the decision that you have to make, because you're going to need that peace and strength in order to go through the process of divorce, healing from that, and moving your life forward, which if the season for your marriage has sincerely ended, then you will find peace on the other side of it in the end. So I hope that there's something that I've said today that made you think, that made you say, you know what? You're right, Sandra. I'm going to go back to the drawing board. I'm going to try this one last thing. But if it don't happen, then hey, hey, do what you got to do. But just out of a place of love, make sure you've done all that you can. And just like Donnie saying, after you've done all you can, you just stand. Stand, honey, stand in your decision, stand in your truth, and hold your head up high, knowing that God loves you still, and the people in your life that love you will support you and your peace by any means necessary. I pray that God gives you the clarity that you need 
the peace in your heart and in your mind and the joy that you deserve. So until next time, this is your host, Sandra DeBose. I bid you adieu and I wish you peace and I wish you blessings. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Urban Parlay Podcast. If you have enjoyed this content, please go ahead and subscribe and then invite all your friends. Tell them to come hang out and vibe with your new tribe. If you would like to support with a donation, you can do so via Cash App at dollar sign Urban Parlay Podcast and via PayPal at paypal.me forward slash Urban Parlay. Thanks. It's the Urban Parlay. Vibe with the tribe right here on the Urban Parlay.